This episode is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. And I know, I know another ad, right? But I personally use Dollar Shave Club all the time and have been using them for years. Uh, I remembered I would always buy the disposable razors and I would they wouldn't last. They would cut you. And then when you would get the more expensive ones, they they were just really expensive and you had to keep buying them until I came across Dollar Shave Club. Then, you know, it changed the game forever with razors. And now they offer way more than just razor. They offer skincare products, hair care products, hair stuff, gel, pomade, you name it. They offer a whole variety of different products. I mean, you don't believe me? Go give them a try and then you'll love them. Click the link in each episode and or our bio and you'll love them. You're going to be helping the podcast. Or if you want to help the podcast too, if you are if you go over to Anchor FM, there's a donation button. You can sign up, donate every month. Uh, thank you guys to the people who have signed up and continue to donate. I truly appreciate it. So click the link, go check out Dollar Shave Club and let's get into your episode. Welcome back to Mescaline Mobiles. It's your boy, the one with the scar face, your boy Scarface. And today we got a, an episode that I've been super excited for just because yeah, it's too. something that we've been trying to do as of lately. And we're trying to get Junior into it too as well. He's he's became very interested. In, and uh, Jesus was like, hey, like you need to reach out to this guy. So I started following him as well. And he gives nothing but great advice. Yeah, you you're know? one of my favorite TikTokers <laughs> when it comes to trading because... Because the thing you do is you're not like, hey, buy this stock, and and then you get you get people into, it and then you know they get out and they're they're stuck holding the bag basically. I, I like your style because you, thank you. And, and so like we're gonna get into it. Uh, of course, I came with a bunch of questions. He came with a bunch of questions. But we have on the podcast today we have Kenneth Zuna, also known as Trade and Simplify, right? Yeah, Zuna. 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 Um, with an S. Tuna, yeah. Okay, with an S. I said it with a Z. It's like, it's like, it's like tuna. It's like tuna, but with an S. Okay. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going through your TikTok, uh, which you were able to amass more than 100,000 uh, followers now on there. And you got you got a large following, which is amazing. And to me, it shows that people are interested in this you know, subject. Sure. Just some people don't yeah. know where to go or what to do. And uh, right. I, we always get asked, like, hey, which stock should we invest in? But it's not that easy. You know, it's, it's not like... Oh, buy this one and then buy this one. Yeah. So, for those listening, let us know a little bit about yourself. Exactly. How what is what is it you do actually do and why you started the TikTok and, and all of that? Sure. Uh, I've been trading stocks for about ten years, maybe eleven, uh, but I've been investing for a lot longer. Um, like my my first computer when I graduated high school, I got like an Apple like laptop. And I was like, I, this is amazing. All my friends had iPods, and like everyone had like iTunes accounts that just come out. And I was like, I should invest in this company. Yeah. It seems like amazing. Um, and, you know, this was like 2003. So everyone had stockbrokers back then. Nobody was really just doing their own thing. And we called up my mom's stockbroker. And I was like, I want Apple. I want stock in Apple. I had a little bit of money saved up from like, you know, neighborhood jobs, like walking dogs and stuff. And uh, he was like, oh, you don't, you don't want to buy stock in Apple. It's like, a, a, it's like a nothing company. They've never done anything. Um, it's a waste of your money. Nobody wants to buy music on uh, on like uh, the computer. They want like tapes and CDs. And um, I just was like, oh, that seems like bad advice. Like it's Apple, yeah. you know, but I didn't know how else to like I was I was 18. So I didn't know how to be like, well, look at their balance sheet and look at their growth. Yeah. 
Um, so I got like kind of motivated to learn more about the stock market through through that whole experience because I like you listen to the professionals and they talk you out of stuff when you're interested in it, but you don't know how to like express why you think it's a good investment. Um, so I just started reading some books and teaching myself how to how to invest. And um, and then I got into the whole TikTok thing because I had a lot of friends over the last couple of years who were asking me, like, how do I how do I get started? I want to have some investments. Um, and I would go like right to the more complex, like, here's how you set up your charts and here's how you look for screeners. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, I don't know how to open the account. You kind of scare them off. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we got to start like from the beginning. So I started helping like with that. And um, I joined like some Facebook groups to help people. Um, but they would just like come on and be like, hey, I need $3,000 by Friday. What's a stock I can buy? Yeah. And I was like, oh, this isn't really helping anybody. And like, so I left that group and someone who was in the group DM'd me and was like, you should do, you should do like videos on YouTube. That would be really helpful. But I was like, no, I can't like, I can't be like one of those people holding up my phone doing like, you know, videos like that. I was too shy. Um, but I started to do like a few of them and I started on Instagram two years ago and Instagram was just so slow. Um, like I would pick up like a, two followers a week yeah. and like nobody was asking questions. Nobody was watching the videos or interacting. And I was like, this is such a waste of time. And then someone from my gym happened to like find my YouTube video. Like they must've also been searching for like how to invest. And they just randomly found me and was like, I saw your YouTube channel. And I was like, don't tell anybody. <laughs> like the videos are bad. Don't tell anyone. And he was like, you should be on TikTok." And I was like, Oh no, TikTok is like for teenage, like, you know, yeah. like, teenagers like dancing in their bedrooms and stuff like I don't want to be on TikTok and he was like not anymore it's totally changed um and that's when I got on TikTok and it just exploded uh like way I never thought I would have like a thousand followers let alone you know what I have now it's crazy yeah and this do you think this whole pandemic helped help that growth absolutely just because there was so many good buying opportunities right yeah, there were like, you know, um, I mean, first of all, you had like uh, Trump a couple years ago, every day he came out and he was like, the stock market, the stock market. So all these people were like, oh, I don't know about the stock market. So people started paying attention. Um, and then you had um, what happened in March where the market just plummeted and um, and people were like, oh, should I be investing? But they were they were like, no, because this might be something worse. Yeah. Like even I even I was like at the beginning when March, when everything plummeted i was like it's gonna get so much worse i like sat out um and then you know nobody expected it to go like right back up the next like couple weeks yeah. um so people missed out on opportunities but they were like i'm curious now about this whole stock market thing um and then they're all everyone's at home so they're like you know if, if you're if you're stay at home job if you can work at night or whatever people are sitting around during the day and they're like well, let me check out the stock market um yeah. So. And so uh, technology wise, obviously, a lot has changed from when you started doing it because there's so much information out there now. So right. for somebody who's just starting, like, for example, Junior, he's just kind of getting into it. He's he's still, you know, growing his account, right. asking questions. What would you suggest to somebody like that? Because it's easy to find the wrong information. Like, so, he, so yeah. what would be something you would recommend for him to start doing in order to filter out the, the bad information for, from the good one. Um, I would, I would be your own, like your own best resource. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother listening to people online because you're going to get thrown so much misinformation and bad information 
And there's going to be so many people telling you, oh, you should buy this, but they won't be able to back up why, or they're going to be trying to sell you a course. You know, maybe they made a lot of money on GameStop and they like, they want to make more, but they don't know how. So they're going to start selling a course to like, you know, keep that income coming in. So they're just going to be like, oh, I made, I made 30,000 on GameStop and I'll show you how you just got to buy my course because they need, they need, they need more money. They want to keep making money. And so, um, and it's just going to overwhelm you too. Like if you're on all these different people's pages on TikTok or whatever, everyone's going to be like, no, you got to do this method. No, you got to do that method. No, you should do options. No, you should buy Forex. No, you should buy. And you're just going to get so confused. Um, so my advice would be always like, I always say this to people when they're like, I want to start trading is like, start with investing first, just to get like the groundwork, like get a foundation, get some good investments, you know, you know, a company like, you know, I always say to people, like, if, if you needed a new phone, you know what phone you would buy, you know, like, look at that stock. If you needed, like, um, uh, like an ice latte, you know where you would go to get it. If you wanted a Big Mac, you know where you, like, those are companies you should be investing in because you know them. And then once you have those companies, you can start paying attention to it, how the stock reacts to news. If, you know, if the president comes out and says something favorable, you know, the stocks, they go up. If it comes out and says something negative, they can go down and you get familiar you get comfortable with like understanding volatility and how the markets move on good news and how they move on bad news. And once you get that foundation, then you can start looking into trading and there are websites like Investopedia is great. Yeah. I love that. Um, You know, there's some books that I have that I recommend um, that can help you learning how to invest and trade. Right. Yeah. And these guys always tell me if you're not going to invest, at least just put money into your account so you can have something in your portfolio so when something comes up, you can buy it. And then they always help me. Like, I owe everything I know to these guys. Um, yeah. I don't, I didn't know anything about stocks. They, they, I kind of was peer pressured into <laughs> to trading, but I mean, I, I mean, but it's a good not thing. trading, investing. investing. And that's, that's right. and that, there's a difference yeah. between that, right? Huge. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people just, they, they confuse investing with trading um, or they'll go like, oh, I, you know, like with this whole GameStop thing, I'm like, I got so many DMs going like, oh, you know, I tried investing. It just wasn't for me. I bought GameStop. And I'm like, but that wasn't, no, the- that wasn't an investment. That wasn't even a trade. That was just like jumping in on the hype and throwing, it was like a lottery ticket, you know, when like when the Powerball is 400 million and then it's 600 million and then it's 800 million. Everyone's like, you gotta buy Powerball, gotta buy Powerball. And it was the same thing with GameStop. But that wasn't investing and it definitely wasn't trading either. It was just trying to, you know. Trying to get lucky. Hop, trying to get lucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, was a lot of, there, there was a lot of people who actually reached out to me or like they were posting on social media saying, hey, like what's a good app to start investing? And like I would tell them, I'm like, hey, you should look into these ones. But then they're like, what do you think of GameStop? I'm like, ah, oh, that's. Yeah, that's- yeah, it's too much hype already. Yeah. And, and it's it's good. The that whole GameStop thing served as a good way of getting people interested, but it's just Absolutely. it's just getting them to realize that no, that's not that's not investing. That's just gambling, right. and that doesn't happen all the time. Like you're not going to get something that was at six dollars one point up to what did it max out at? Like I, it went up at one point to like five hundred and something. Right? It's it's just yeah. It yeah. I mean it can happen to others. There's other stocks that grow that that percentage wise, but it's really rare that, that it's, I mean, have you, had you ever seen something like this where they were trying to do that gamma squeeze thing? And not like that. I mean, the last example that I saw a lot of people talking about was something with Volkswagen in like the late nineties or early two thousands, but that was even before 
you know, my time as a trader. Yeah, yeah, I kind of saw that um, too. Yeah, so I, I had a question since, uh, you know, we're going back <laughs> that far. When did you exactly like start trading? Um, I started trading. So I was working at the, um, I was working like the front desk at my like gym in my neighborhood. And um, there was this guy who would come in. He was like part-time sales guy. And he would like kick open the front door and be like, you've got to go buy stock in this company. And I'd be like, all right. Because I think he was, he was like this older guy. So I just assumed like old equals wise. And he knew what he was talking about. So he would be like, you got to buy this company. It's the next Coca-Cola. They're going to take over. And I'd be like, you got it. And I would go home and I would just throw like all my money into the stock and it would tank. And I'd see him the next day and be like, what happened? And he would be like, eh, it happens. <laughs> you, know, you, win, you lose some. And I would be like, oh shit. Like I need to learn. Um, I need to learn what to do because I'm going to like listen to strangers. I'm going to lose all my money. Um, so I started in like 2000, like 2008, I started like looking into stock trading. Um, and then it was like within a couple of years, um, I, I left the gym in 2011 and that's when I was like on my own as like a full-time trader. Um, so, so that's, that, that's what you do now is, is day trading, right? And, and a, a mix of day trading and swing trading. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people get that stuff confused. They're like, Oh, how, like, what are you trying to do? Cause they're, they're trying to get into vesting and they don't realize there's different. Yeah. So how, what would be the best way to explain the difference between investing, day trading, swing trading? Um, so investing is anything that you hold generally for more than a year, right? You're, you're, you're making an investment in the company. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually a company that you know, that you love, that you go to a lot. You know I mean? Like if you're at that company, every day getting a latte or whatever, you know, you're not the only one. Yeah. Um, that's usually like for people who like, they overcomplicate investing sometimes where they're like, well, I need to learn the balance sheet and how much debt do they have and what's their price to earnings. And for like really like novice investors, like just think about the companies that you know and you go to a lot. And that's usually a good place to get started. Um, and you buy in that company and you hold it. You know, you like I bought Apple in 2003. I still have it. Um, you, you buy and you hold. Um, it's almost like that's for retirement, right? So, so when you're yeah, older, for, when for retirement or like, you know, um, if you, if you, uh, if you want to have like some passive income through dividends, you know, everyone thinks it's going to be like a very quick thing. Like, no, I want to be rich. I want to be rich tomorrow. Yeah. I don't want to wait nine years for my dividends to grow. But while you're trying to get rich today, it doesn't hurt to have some dividend stuff like slowly behind the scenes, like working along the way for you. And then you can use that money. If you need to renovate, you know, uh, your kitchen or you want to go on a vacation or you need a new car, um, you can take some of that money. You can sell some of your shares and that can help pay for something um, or you can keep it all for retirement. And, you know, by the time you're in your 60s, maybe you've got a humongous position in these companies where you can you can uh, have your dividends kind of like help you out. If you, you know, if you don't have social security, if you do have social security um, or pension or whatever, or if you don't have that, then you can kind of have your dividends to help you live off of. Yeah. Um, swing trading is, uh, usually, so anything that you hold for more than a day, um, but under a couple of weeks, um, generally, where like, and back, by the way, with investing, if you, if you make an investment in a company, um, where you're thinking like, I'm going to hold this stock for five or 10 years and something crazy happens and it just explodes. There's no shame in saying like, all right, like I'm going to take some of this profit because yeah. it's too good to be true. Right? Yeah. Like if you, if you buy something and it just rockets, 
it's okay to say like, all right, I said I'd hold it for like the next 10 years, but look at this, like it's up 40 or 50%. I'm going to take a couple, I'm going to sell a couple shares and get some of that money. Yeah, if it's at a price that you were expecting it to be in 10 years and it's all of a sudden there. And all of a yeah, sudden it's there. Yeah, yeah, why wouldn't you take some profits? Yeah, why wouldn't you take some? You don't have to take all. Um, and then um, swing trading is just anything where you hold for like a couple days, maybe a week, maybe a month. Um, I personally prefer swing trading in like bull markets. Like the last couple of years, the markets were just insane. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I didn't feel comfortable. Like when, when Trump got elected, I was like, mm, I don't know about the stock market because I don't know what's going to happen. And then um, not to make anything political, no, no, um, no, but just, just, you know, and it, it happens anytime there's a new president, everyone kind of steps back. Like, let's just wait and see what happens. Yeah. With, um, with him, I, I think the reason that it was so volatile is because he'd say something and change his mind a week later and it caused it to drop. And then, right. Absolutely. Yeah. He'd come out and he would say, it's great. And it would slide. And then news would come out and go like, well, actually, and then, and then it would plummet. And then he would come, no, no, it's great. And it would go yeah. up. And so when you're, when you're swing trading, um, like when, um, when Obama first got elected, the markets were pretty much, pretty much straight up over a course of many, many years. Of course there were pullbacks, yeah. but if you look at like the charts under his presidency, it's pretty much like a diagonal line up. Yeah. Swing trading works in those kind of markets because you're um, you're capitalizing on the momentum. So if there's constantly good news coming out, the economy is adding more jobs. This company is having earnings that are really good. Someone else in their sector is having earnings that are also really good. Uh, oh, they're announcing a new product. It's just good news after good news after good news. So it just keeps going. So for swing trading, you just buy and you hold two weeks, a month, whatever. Um, and then you can take your profits along the way when it levels off. Sometimes stocks just after a while of going up, they just plateau and trade flat. You can take your profits then, and then look for something else in, in these really insane markets where they're just up and down, like, like every other day, I prefer to day trade, uh, just because I don't know what's going to happen yeah. one day to the next. Um, so I don't, I don't feel comfortable holding some of these riskier stocks for, a week, two weeks, even over the weekends sometimes, because the news can be so fast. Um, I prefer to just get in and out. And so day trading is when you start your position and close it all on the same day. So you don't hold overnight, win, lose, or draw. You sell it and you start fresh the next morning. Um, usually with day trading though, you have to have an ample amount of money because you're trying to get like a, you're trying to make a large amount of money off of a small increase in price goes up 10 cents, but you have 3,000 shares, so you make 300 bucks and you're out. Yeah. Um, something like that. And, and is, that, is that like a self-imposed rule when you, when you day trade? Or is it like if you're, if you're labeled a day trader, is it like is your broker, does, do they make you close your account? They don't make you, but um, there is something called the pattern day trading rule. Yeah. Um, so this might apply to someone like Junior. Um, if you're going to be day trading, you can only make three day trades in a rolling five day period. So that, that includes the weekends. Um, and the reason they do that is because they, they, they're basically looking at your like account value and they're going like, Oh, if you have under 25,000, we don't want you taking huge risks because you can get wiped out day trading. So they, the security and exchange commission, the government, they limit how much you can trade because the way they view it, the way they view it is, if you don't have a lot of money, somehow you must be inexperienced. That's their, that's basically what they're saying. 
which can be true and it can not be true, right? You might have tons of experience. You just don't have a lot of money. Um, either way, they're trying to limit your, your downside risk because day traders can get crushed because stocks just fly and then they plummet. Yeah. And if you're inexperienced, you know, a lot of the times these new traders are like, oh, I'm not selling because I want to be right. I want to keep making money. And then they end up holding onto some significant losses. Um, so they try to limit how much you can day trade. If you have um, a margin account, which means like you're using borrowed money to trade, they, they limit you to three trades. If you have a cash account, there's no limit. You can make as many day trades as you want. There's no, there's no, there's no block or anything like that. But it does take two days for your money to settle. So if you sell something on Monday, you don't have that money back in your account for two whole days. Okay. Um, so you'd have to have a lot of money to day trade. Anyway. You'd have to have a lot. Of money. Yeah. Or or not use the whole amount. I mean, yeah. You could have fifteen thousand in cash, but trade with a thousand dollars at a time. Then it's likely that you're not gonna you know, have no money. If you, if you have $15,000 and you're trading 15,000 every time, you can only make one trade because you have to wait two days for the money to come back in your account. Right. So from when you started investing, like how long did mm -hmm. it take you to say, okay, I kind of want to move into this, into day trading more than, than just holding these positions forever? Well, cause I was at the gym and, um, I was making like, I don't, I don't even remember. I think it was like seven twenty-five an hour. I live in Washington, DC. Mm -hmm. Um, and the minimum wage back then was like seven twenty-five, and I was just like, I can't do this forever. Yeah. And I don't, I didn't go to college. So there wasn't like, Oh, I'll just go and like be in the field that I studied. Um, and they were asking me if I wanted to do sales at my gym, but then I would like watch how they treated the sales guys. And it was just, they treated them so poorly. Like they would like come out of their offices crying. Um, and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know what else I wanted to do. And I had no plan B. There was no like backup for me where I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just go into whatever I studied in college. But I knew I liked the stock market. I knew I liked investing. And even though like this older guy at my gym who was giving me like really bad advice, um, I still like, I was like, okay, but like if I wasn't losing money and if I knew a little bit more about this, maybe this could be something that I could do. Yeah. Um, so I sort of like gradually, like around 2008, started making a couple of like shorter term trades just to like get some experience and learn about it. Um, and it took me a couple of years cause I was like, you know, trying to learn. I was still working at the, at the gym. Um, but when, when I started thinking like, I'm going to be leaving this gym soon, that's when it ramped up for me where I was like, I got to get serious about this. Cause I think this is what I'm going to do. Um, but I, I need to like buckle down and, and really focus so it took a couple of years. So someone like yourself that realized they didn't want to keep working at, at a minimum wage job the rest of their life, and you yeah. taught yourself how to how to invest and work with stocks. Say somebody now realizes they don't want to work where they're at for the mm -hmm. rest of their life. So you did it back then when information was a little harder to get, but now everybody has their, their phone in their pocket, a laptop or whatever. They can sure. learn all this stuff realistically for free, right? Like anybody can trade and invest yeah so anyone can do it yeah yeah so that so, so, so where would you go like or where would you start to like to begin to learn like someone like junior uh, like what would you recommend to him is there like certain books you would recommend because uh we get it a lot they're like well what should i invest in well you know it's kind of yeah, hard we to can't tell you what to invest in but we can we can say go check out this book right <laughs> yeah. So uh, I actually, I had a feeling you would ask. So I got, I have to go um, 
it, it's funny because like when I was working at the gym, I was like, man, I, I want to, I think I want to be a, a stock trader. Um, but I don't know how to do it. So I like, I literally got on Google and I typed in how to make money trading stocks click. <laughs> and the first book that popped up was this one. Uh, I don't know if you can read it, but it yeah. says how I made $2 million in the stock market. And I was like, perfect. Yeah. I'll buy it. Yeah. Um, and, and the book was written in, uh, in the 19, um, 1960, like 1960, 1960, it was written in 1960, um, by this guy who he was, um, a ballet dancer and like he would travel places and they were like, look, we can't, we can't pay you, but we can give you stock in our company. And so he would, he was like, I don't, I don't know what stock is, but okay. And so he started to like gradually get more and more curious about trading and investing. And this is like, this is the reason that I'm a, that I call myself a swing trader, like this dude. Um, and I was like, there's no way that these methods from like the 1960s are going to hold up today, you know, cause like everything's changed. Like I can, I can trade stocks on my phone. Like that stuff didn't even exist. Um, but the methods still work because it's momentum investing. And so basically like, this is the guy who kind of discovered, um, momentum investing and uh, like you always hear people say, like, buy low, sell high. Um, this guy's whole thing is buy high, sell higher. Like, yeah. get in on the stocks that are moving because everyone's talking about it. You often hear people say, like, no, 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 don't buy the stocks that everyone's talking about because they're, they're hot stocks and they're going to they're gonna sell off. But his whole thing was, but you can capitalize on that short-term momentum, buy high, and ride it into it's like as the stocks are hitting new highs. And so I tried it and like the first couple of times that I did like his whole method, it worked. And I was like, no way. Like, I can't believe this method that's like 50 or 60 years old still works today. Um, so this was the first book that I read. And then the next one was just like one of these little guides. It's called the neatest little guide to stock market investing. And like, it's, it's like the 2010 edition, like that, like, they keep you know, it. for people who are like, how long have you been doing this? Like, this is when I bought the book, <laughs> 2010. Um, and the reason that I like the book, uh, to, to, to Junior's point, was like you can go online and you can read anything, and like, but you don't know where to get started. Like you don't know you don't know what to read. Like you know you can go on Investopedia and start reading, but you don't know where to get started or what to click on. And that's why I like these books because you just it just starts at the beginning, and it just walks you through the whole process from like the very easy stuff all the way to more complex things, and it's all in one place. Um, so like I read those two books, uh, because back then in 2010, like TikTok didn't exist, you know, um, I think maybe the iPhone had just come out like a couple years prior to that, but nothing like it is today. Um, there weren't YouTube channels with people teaching anyone how to trade or invest. So there was nowhere for me to go and be like, like today on TikTok, I get questions all the time. Like I'm new, here's what I did. What did I do wrong? But I didn't I didn't have that. So it took me a lot longer because it was just like trial and error. Like I literally like had a notebook and I would be like, oh, I, I lost way more than I was expecting on this stock. What did I do wrong? And I would like write down all my notes like, oh, I, I didn't look at this. So I forgot that they had earnings and that's why it went down because their earnings were bad. And maybe don't trade. And then I put a little note like maybe don't trade into earnings because it can be volatile. Um, and nowadays the information is like there. Like you can find anything, but sometimes you just don't know where to look. So I think the books are, are still like a great place to start. Um, and my YouTube channel, I mean, 
I, I uh, my YouTube channel starts at the beginning. You know, I, I the first playlist that I ever created was like, click here if you're new. And like the very first video is like, here's how you open your account. Here's what you click on. Here's how you, you know, wire money into the account so you can have cash. Like Junior said, like, there's going to come a point where you're going to hear of some stock that you want to buy, but maybe you don't have money in that account. You know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I missed my cans because there wasn't, I didn't put any money in my account and now I'm ready to buy, but I have to wait two days for it to settle. You know, I got to do the wire transfer. It takes overnight. So it's always a good idea, even when you're new, to just have some money in the account. So when something presents itself an opportunity, you've got money there. And uh, I think another important thing that a lot of people don't realize is you like, for example, you read all these books, but you actually had you actually started trying to take those principles and apply them. Right. Like you Mm -hmm. were actually you actually had money in the game. So so you could see for yourself if those things were actually working or not. So you weren't just reading the things and then not not actually doing it like you kind of have to also kind of dive in and and. Yeah, you got to dive in. And like a lot of people, um, some people, I mean, general, like some people really just don't have the money, but they want to learn. So there's something called paper trading mm-hmm. um, where you can trade with fake money. Uh, you just like create like a paper trading account on Ameritrade or whatever. I think other brokers offer it too. Yeah, Webull offers it and mm-hmm. you have you have that. And- yeah. And so that's a great way to start if you like don't have any money. And then there are other people who are like, no, you need to have money. And so you... You know, you have some skin in the game because Cause emotions, yeah, emotions like just they mess right. with you, and it's it's not the same. Like it's a great yeah, way to start, but it's it's not the same. Yeah, if it's not real money, um, and it starts dropping, well, you don't care because it's yeah. not really yours. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, like you know, if you have very limited funds and you don't, you're unsure of yourself, then it's always an option too. Um, yeah, and yeah, you gotta try, you got to try like a bunch of different options, and this is all kinds of different techniques. Um, so you have to find the one that works for you, and like sometimes that can be good, but sometimes that can be really overwhelming too because each trader has their own, you know, their own method and their own like way of doing things. So when you go on these apps and you start asking each one, like, what do you do? What do you do? Sometimes it can be like, oh, man, there's so many options, it just overwhelms. Yeah, the thing is, like for example, I like to learn different ways, right? So I, I go all over the place, and the more I learn, the more it seems like the less I know, and it gets kind of frustrating sometimes because this way, like for example, th- this style, it's telling you this is going up, and then this style is telling you it's going down, so you get super confused. Yeah. So would it be better for somebody that's just starting to kind of focus in on one thing? And maybe try that yeah, for a while. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a, that's usually why I say like, like I get messages all the time about like really complex like options trading strategies, mm-hmm. and they're like, can you can you tell me if this is like a doji engulfing yeah. pattern? Yeah. And I'm like, man, like I'm like, how long have you been investing for? And they're like, three days. Yeah. And I'm like, forget it. Like that's so like, there's stuff even to me that's like outside of my scope. Like I don't even yeah, I don't even know. Um, start with investing. And then you can get into swing trading and then day trading because like you said, there's emotions involved yeah. too. And if you, if you buy like say stock in like Apple or whatever, it doesn't matter if it goes up a little or down a little because it's Apple and you're going to hold it for a very long time and they're incredibly profitable. Yeah. Um, so it can kind of like ease you in and get you a little comfortable with how the markets move and react without you panicking. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, cause, and in the long term, those those little dips aren't even noticeable, right? They're not even noticeable. You wouldn't even notice it. Like you know, like people are like, should I buy Apple today? Or should I wait? Because what if it goes to and it's like, look, ten or fifteen years from now, you're not going to remember that you bought Apple at one thirty seven instead of one thirty two. If you had waited one extra day, you're, you're just going to be glad that you own it. Yeah, that's why. Like um, for example, one of the things that I try to do with my investing account is just do that dollar cost average thing where you're just investing every so often, just buying and buying. If it's up high, then you buy less. If it's down low, then right. you buy more. And yeah, you kind of not worry about the whole day to day thing. And so, right. and now one of the things I'm trying to do is do more of the swing trade where. Like on a Friday, where because I work, at, like uh, I have a, a job, so this is more like a hobby for me. So like on Fridays, I don't work, so I can I can make my trades for the next few weeks. And I mean, it's kind of working, but maybe that's like for a junior who's just starting. Maybe just like getting an index or something where he can just kind of every every paycheck do a little bit at a time, so that he's got something growing for him. Would that be good advice or? Or we kind of I think it would be great advice. No, I think it would be great. You just start with investing, buy some of the companies that you know um, and that you shop at frequently or that you really like. Um, just buy them and do the dollar cost averaging thing. If like if it's your birthday and you know your grandma gives you a little extra money, you can put more into the stock. Like if you're buying like one share a month or what whatever, um, maybe you buy five shares that month. Uh, if if the markets plummet, like really just they just crash. That's a great opportunity to buy more. So like you always hear like buy the same amount every month, one share or 10 shares, whatever you're buying. But if there's a sale, like if if you go to CVS to buy Doritos and there's like a buy one, get one, you're not you're not walking out with one bag. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're going to get as many bags as you could carry. Yeah. So like why not have that same approach to the stock market? You're buying your one share or two shares every month and then something horrible happens and the stock market plummets. You're not going to just buy one or two shares. Right. Then you got to load it up. Load up, man. Yeah. Um, and then with the with the swing trading, you just have to find the the thing that works for you because there's going to be a lot of different methods. Um, and sometimes it could overwhelm you um, because you, you might just look at like everyone's got a different strategy and everyone's got a different method. But if you just find like, you know, you read about a bunch of different ones, see which one jumps out at you. Maybe it fits with like Jesus, like your schedule. It fits with my schedule. So this is what I do. Maybe for someone else, they go, oh, I like this method. Or I saw this guy on TikTok or on YouTube was talking about whatever. Um, I'm going to try it. Nope. Didn't like it. That's okay. Like it, there's no like one size fits all for this. Like, you know, I get a lot of like haters on TikTok, like your method sucks. It's like, okay, like try something else. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Move yeah, something else yeah. like, if, you, if you don't like me, go find someone else. Like it's, yes, yeah, you don't have like, and that's why I like your channel. Cause it's, it's just, you just simplify it. You know, it's not, right. it doesn't have to be rocket science. Like you just, no, you just start. Yeah. So I, I had a question, especially since uh, right now the, the stimulus package has yeah. just, uh, been approved. People are going to get $1,400. Yeah. So some people who are new to investing and I want to get this episode tomorrow. That's why we're recording it on the 14th and it's going to come out tomorrow just because of this. People are getting their taxes and $1,400. Like someone new, like not even because Junior has some skin in the game, but like somebody who just got their fourteen hundred dollars, what would you recommend them like to get their feet wet like in the stock market? What would you recommend for them to start looking into? Um, the first thing I would say is is don't try to like 
multiply your money tomorrow on some like I saw the other day, like Forbes had this article that was like the three the three best penny stocks to spend your stimulus money on. And I was like, why would you like Yeah, I saw you post something. Was, I think it was the Molly Fool, was wasn't it? It was Motley Fool. Yeah. It was Motley Fool, not Forbes. But I was like, why would you tell people to do that? That's so risky. Like some the people in this country are like hurting. Yeah. Like um, so many people are like really hurting financially and you're gonna be like go buy penny stocks. Like Maybe if you don't really need that stimulus money and you get it, you can throw it into whatever you want because you don't need it. But for like people who like owe back rent or like, you know, are, are going into debt buying groceries or like, you know, um, that's really bad advice yeah, yeah. to like tell someone to go buy. But like if you're going to invest your money. And the other thing is like I've been seeing so many videos on TikTok like here are the top, top 10 things you should do with your stimulus money. And it's like pay off your car, pay off your mortgage. Pay, it's like, it's 1400 bucks. Dude. Yeah. Like you can't do all of that. It's not like, yeah. you know, you can't pay off your student loans. Your student loans are 70 grand. That $1,400 is like maybe rent depending on where you live. Like, um, if, but like, if you're in a situation where it's just extra money, you know, it's just extra money and you are new to investing. Uh, like, like I've been saying this whole time, like buy what, you know, um, don't try to go like YOLO it on some like, GameStop or whatever. If you want, like I always say, like if you're going to put money into something that you know is risky, only put in what you're willing to lose. Because there are still people who bought GameStop at like 480. It's still not there. They still have a loss. You know, even though it dropped to 40 and then shot back up to 300, but they bought it at 450 or whatever, they're still sitting there going like, maybe it'll come back, but like maybe it won't. But but if you took that $1,400 and you divided it between like a couple of dividend paying stocks, a couple of, uh, you know, like a, a mutual fund or like an index fund or an ETF. Um, and then you put in like a little bit into some riskier thing just because you were curious, only only what you're willing to lose. Because if you, if you took that 1400 and you bought like Apple and Starbucks and Johnson and Johnson and stuff like, like legit, like companies that have been around forever, um, that's gonna serve you better in the long run. Than just like trying to double your stimulus money. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's what a lot of people that we yeah. that we talk to. It almost seems like they just want to get rich overnight. And and one of the things I tell them is don't don't do that because you're you're just gonna go broke. You're not gonna want to ever invest. You're ne- you're never gonna want to do it anymore. And it's you're just hurting yourself. So just that's the thing. It's like so many people like they they see this stuff like GameStop and. Um, and they, they get burned really bad and they go, investing's not for me. Um, but that wasn't like yeah. buy something that you believe in, like a company that you love and that you stand by and you're excited about and, and you think has like a long-term promise to like keep delivering and inventing and reinventing. Um, or even not like, I mean, some companies are just boring, you know, Johnson and Johnson. I mean, other than this vaccine that they're doing, like Johnson, it's just shampoo and band-aids. Like it's not, it's not exciting, but you, you don't need it to be exciting. They have like a loyal customer. Like people are always going to buy toothpaste. They're always going to buy detergent. They're always going to buy those, those things. And as a result, they can pay you a dividend and you can slowly build on that dividend and you can have your growth stocks too. You can have your, you know, your growth stuff like Tesla or, or whatever um, in your portfolio too. There's no reason that it has to be one or the other. Like I get so many people like, should I buy growth stocks or should I buy dividend stocks? And I'm like, buy both. Like, yeah. why, why put yourself into like one or the other? You can, you can buy both. Yeah, that's and that's what I try to tell them. It's like, try to have 
a little bit that you can that you're willing to risk for these high reward things, mm-hmm. but make sure you have something that they, that's just growing for you, like mm-hmm. for the long term. And that's what I try to do with with my stuff. And like, yeah, it'd be cool to do what you do, where that's your, you know, you make quite a bit of money without having to do a nine to five. But like, for example, me, I I like my nine to five. So if I can have this as just as extra cash, like for example, for me, the reason I I kind of want to do this a little bit more is because like I'm trying to take care of my parents. So if if this mm-hmm. is extra money like that I could use for them. That's great because I like I still enjoy going to my job, so I have that for my stuff, for my right. for my personal well being. So it's it's cool to be able to do that. And when you started doing this as as your job as day trading, was it difficult at the beginning where you were worried that maybe maybe you weren't gonna do so great, or were you okay enough to where you were like, okay, it's I can try it for a few months. Um, I mean, I like, so I was living at, I was living at home. My mom had moved, um, my mom had moved to New York to take care of her mom, my grandma. And so she was, she was just like, stay in my house. It's like our apartment. She she was like, it's paid off. Stay there, save as much as you can. Um, because when I come home, you're out. Um, and so I saved, like I worked, um, prior to the gym, I worked in the, in the restaurant industry and I worked, I was like a line cook and I worked double shifts for like four years and just like, I ate all my food at the restaurant. So I didn't buy groceries. Um, all my friends had gone off to college, so I didn't have like a social life. So I was kind of like, just, they were like, do you want to work Fridays? And I was like, yeah. Um, do you want to work Saturdays? And I was like, yeah. Um, and I just took every dime that I made and just poured it into, um, my bank account. I didn't even have investments back then, which I, you know, yeah. Now looking back, I maybe wish I had, um, but it still gave me like an ample amount of money um, that I could try out the stock trading and not feel like I have to be right. Yeah. Um, because I see a lot of people who are like, no, this has to be it. I have to do this. And that's when they start making like reckless decisions. They, they dump all their money into something because they missed out on GameStop and they heard that this other stock was going to be the next yeah. GameStop. And Oh, I really hope it, you know, and then they just dump everything in and it starts to go down, but they don't cut their losses because they need to be right. Cause they have kids or they yeah. have parents or they have mortgage or student loans. And that's when they get really wrecked because they're not thinking clearly. Um, and so for me, I had like, I was living at home, so I didn't have to worry about rent or anything. Um, and I had all this money saved up from, you know, working all these years, like working just endless double shifts. Um, that I could take my time and I could like try out a strategy and be like, nah, that didn't work. And and when I was working at the gym, I was also working the night shift. So I was home during the day. So I could throw a little bit of money in a stock and it goes down. Okay. And I can put it in my notes. That's why it went down. That's what I learned. Um, and I just had like, I had a little bit of time to, to figure it out. Um, but there was definitely a point where I thought like, if this doesn't work, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because, you know, like prior to prior to anything, like I wanted to be a pro wrestler. Like that was my childhood dream. Um, and that's all I wanted to do from like little kid to 18 years old. That's all I thought. Like my mom would be like, what's your backup? What's your plan B if it doesn't work? And I was like, it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. um, that wasn't an like, option. Yeah, there is no other option. This is it. I have to I have to do this. Um, so I had nothing else. Like I had no other interests. Like there was nothing else 
work-wise that I wanted to do. Um, I didn't want to go to college just to go because I felt like I'll major in something, but you know, like that doesn't guarantee that I'm going to get a job and maybe I don't even want a job in that field. So um, yeah, there was, there was definitely that moment where it was like, this has to like, this has to work. So based everything that you know now, what would you tell your 19 year old self? Kind of like, like my younger brother, he's 19. And if like, you know, what would you tell yourself, Kenneth at 19? Um, I would definitely, go ahead, go ahead. I would definitely um, encourage myself to do some more um, dividend investing back then. Like I didn't really invest a lot in like I bought Apple. Um, The whole thing with the broker was he talked me out of it. But then like a week later, it was like I I wanted it when it was like nine dollars a share. And then like he was like, no, you're wasting your money. Call me in a week and we'll think about it. And it was like 12 bucks. And I was so mad because I was like, it was nine dollars and now it's 12. And he was like, why don't you just get 100 shares? So I got my 100 shares of Apple. Um, I wish I had done more in terms of like uh, just like this this dollar cost averaging, which like I didn't know what that was in 2003, like, you know, maybe if TikTok existed back then and I was following other people who were like dollar cost average, dollar cost average, I would be like, maybe let me look into this. But I didn't know about that. Um, so I definitely would have done that. Uh, I would have, um, I, I just posted a video the other day where I, I uh, on TikTok where I said that I had sold, I had sold, like I bought 50 shares of Tesla and sold it at like $148. Like, I wish I had known better back then to like not be so short-sighted in the long-term companies that I believed in. Like I was like, Oh, Tesla seems cool. Like, you know, I like what they're doing, but I didn't, I wasn't thinking long-term. I was like, Oh, I made 500 bucks sell. And I wish that I would have just had like a little bit more foresight, like to look and be like, wait, why am I buying this stock? Like, Am I buying it because I need to make $500 because I need to pay a bill? Or am I buying it because I really believe in this company? I believe in it. I'm going to hold it. So I definitely wish that I had done more of that. Um, And I, you know, I've never been like a big consumer. Like I, um, I'm a minimalist. Like I just don't buy, I just don't buy a lot of stuff. Um, But as someone posted the other day that he had spent all this money on like shoes and clothes and a fancy Mercedes and like all this stuff that just kept depreciating. And like, you couldn't, you can't, you, know, you can buy a Mercedes for 90 grand, but you can't sell it for 90 grand. You could sell it for 30. Um, and he was like, but if I had put that same 90 grand in my stocks, you know, I would have been in a way better position today. Um, so I like, those kind of like, what if like, Oh, I wish I had kind of questions. Sometimes they're not so great because it just like, it just makes you like regret what you did, but like for other people to hear it, it's super helpful. Yeah, yeah that's what I tell. <clears throat> that's what I tell Junior. Like, by the time he's our age, he could be so much better off with all this time Maybe. he has to learn. Because yeah. that's something that that us, no matter how much money we make, no matter how much we can't buy that time back. And, yeah. and you still have like all these years ahead of, and and all the younger people that are listening, you guys have all these all these years ahead of you because. Time, like, time is your biggest asset right now because you have all this time to grow, like, similar mm-hmm. with dividends and you have that compound growth. We, we don't have yeah. that anymore. But, you know. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up cause earlier because <laughs> yesterday I was actually having a conversation with my younger brother. He's about Junior's age over here. And he was bragging to me about how the, 
the parts to his car. And I was trying to explain to him how it's you lost that money. Like, yeah, you, you have a fast car now, but you don't have that <laughs> money. Like, say you bought your car for 20000 you just lost, like, maybe, like, $8,000 off of that, like, instantly when you bought it. Same with the parts. Yeah. I was like, why not invest that money that you're investing into your car now? That way, by the time you're 30, you can get those parts, no problem, and you still have, like, all these investments. You know, that's what I'm yeah, trying to Yeah, those investments are the ones that are going to pay for your 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 stuff. Yeah, with the exactly. with dividend payments and, like, just building that portfolio up. And that's why I really want a junior to come to it as well today. That way he can see it from, like, from a day trader like Somebody yourself. Somebody has more experience exactly. that, yeah, well, that we're not just filling him full of shit. That, you know, yeah. it, it's people do this for a living. But even if you don't do it for a living, it's still nice to have some assets for right when here. you're older. Yeah, and I know I, I've just started, but I've put I put money into my account, into my portfolios, right? And it's it adds up over time. And I realized, like, I would have spent all that money on stupid things that I don't need where it can make me money now for when I'm older. And I know, like, I, I started investing thinking it was going to get me rich quick. I was going to get rich uh, in a year and a few days. But these guys helped me realize I got to be in it long term. So now I'm investing... For my retirement, for when, like when, uh, how Edgar says, for when I'm 30, I can buy whatever I want, whenever I want, you know. Um, right. And these guys just help me. Like now, when I go to McDonald's, I'm like, man, I don't need this. Like, I have food <laughs> at home, and I'll put those ten, fifteen dollars into an, into my account and just leave it sitting there, just in case something comes up. Like, like, right. yeah, and- yeah. Now I'm glad you brought that up about the cars too, as well, because uh, I used to buy a bunch of shoes all the time. Which in in my world, it can also be an asset because some shoes. Uh, when you buy them, you can sell them for more and like they're worth money. But I was buying way too many shoes. Like I was buying way too many shoes. So now what I started doing uh, is like anytime I wanted to buy a shoe that I knew I don't really need or don't need to have, I just act like I spent that money and like just put it into my account, you know? Yeah. And then so technically I spent that money, so I don't have it anymore, but it's in my account ready to be invested or uh, uh, I've been doing a lot more swing trading so I think those are like good pointers for people who are looking to get into this. You you, you have to make smart decisions like that. Like uh, you don't need, like if you need a car, new car, of course, go get a new car. You have to get to work or whatnot. But you don't need to be upgrading every two years, you know, to add, to, you know, to the to that payment. Yeah, and I think you said it on on your TikTok before that you don't need a million dollars to start just you know a little bit at a time if you can if you can manage to grow a little bit of money you can manage a lot of money yeah and it's going to change the way you think too like what junior was saying like if you walk into mcdonald's like i still do that everywhere i go like if i'm at the grocery store or at least like before covid if i was at the grocery store and i'm like loading up my cart i look in my cart and i'm like do i really need like what can i put back and i always think like what can i put back even if it's like you know, it's just like that mindset thing. Like it's, it's only a couple bucks. Like I'm going to eat it anyway, but like, do I need it? Mm. And if I'm buying a new pair of shoes, like, do I need that pair? Like maybe I can get like a cheaper pair or maybe I can wait for a sale. Um, and I always say like, buy the stock, not the stuff. Like if there's a, like, even like for you where you're like at McDonald's and you're like, mm, you could just put that money into McDonald's stock. Right. And see, instead, like literally like buy, buy, the stock not the stuff like if you need a pair of shoes put that money into the stock i didn't think of that you know you just said that that like i should have just been buying nike (laughs) yeah if you believe in nike like every time you wanted to buy nike like put the shoes down and just buy nike stock instead um 
Yeah. It, it benefits you. Was that? Oh, no, go ahead. No, that's, that's. Oh, um, I was just going to say that investing has also helped me save money. Um, so back when I was in high school, I would go to the mall and buy a $50 sweater, $60 sweater. Now I'll go, I'll go to Walmart, buy a $7 sweater and put the rest, the $40 into stock. And I, I still technically <laughs> spend the $50, but those 40 could make me money and that these guys and it's like the, the mcdonald's thing like i'll put those 10 15 dollars in into an account i do i now do that with everything like and it, i owe it all to you guys seriously like <laughs> yeah it, it's funny because he, he's uh he, he would tell me before invest in what you believe in but i would like buy that money that i was like not spending on shoes but spending it on my account i wouldn't buy a nike and now that you're talking about it, i'm like why didn't i just buy nike like uh, which is smart because, like, I believe in the brand. I'm always buying Nike stuff. Like, uh, so I think I'm gonna start trying to do that right yeah, now. Yeah, do something that. Yeah, yeah. Because an index fund is is great because you're basically buying into a bunch of companies, and if America does great, you know, the, you'll do great. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's companies that might grow faster, right? And and, sure. and if it's something that you believe in, yeah. Yeah, I never really- yeah. I always say. I mean, you can. The index funds are great, but, but there might be a company that you just really love. Yeah. And maybe it's in that mutual fund. Like that that fund or ETF, they might own it. But maybe you want to own it separately because you're a fan. You really support the company. You believe in it. You love it. Um, you absolutely can do both. You can buy the ETF and you can have some individual shares in a company that you like. Or you can have, you know, a whole diversified portfolio of different stuff that you like um, from from brands that you like. Yeah, so one question that like we get all the time. I know we talked about it a lot. That way people can get like what sparks interest in like the stocks that you're gonna like looking into. Cause we get it all the time. Oh, which stock should I get though? And we're kinda like, well, what are you looking to do? Or what are you looking to uh like what companies do I do you look for? Cause I, I remember I would bring some companies up to Jesus. I'm like, what do you think of these? When uh Junior pulled me aside one time and he's like, well, why did you ask for that company? You know, like what goes into you deciding what company you're going to invest in? Um, if, it, if it's a company that like I'm trading, like one of my swing trading stocks or something that I'm day trading, like usually the, the companies that I day trade are garbage. Like they're trash companies. You've never heard of them. They're never going to do anything. But I look at the chart and I go, oh, this looks good. And I can throw some money into it. And if it goes up, I make money. I get out very quickly because they're trash. And if it starts to go down, I cut my losses pretty quick because it's trash and it's going to keep going lower. Um, the stuff that I, I swing trade and day trade, usually no one's ever heard of them. Um, when it comes to uh, my investments, it's it's the companies that I like and that I use. And I'm, like the, my thinking is like, if I'm a minimalist and I don't buy and I don't shop, I still have to go somewhere. Like, you know, there are still things, there are still things you use and, and brands that you like, um, you know, people are always like, Oh, minimalists, they don't buy anything, but like, that's not true. Like I buy tons of stuff. I just, I'm more selective in my spending and I'll, I'll look at something like would I rather have this thing that's going to sit in my closet or would I rather have shares in that, maybe even in that same company. Yeah. So, um, and, so for the swing trading stuff, you probably use lots of screeners, right? And so you, ha- yeah, you have your screeners. system. Yeah. Um, I use screeners. Uh, I look for stocks that are hitting. So the, the whole thing with the Darvis, like the, the, um, the swing trading book I was talking about is stocks that are hitting new 52 week highs. Um, and his, his theory back in like the sixties was if these stocks are hitting new highs, 
uh, it's, it's because somebody knows something, even if there's no news. I mean, there might be news, and then that's why it's hitting new highs because everyone's buying because of the news. But sometimes you'll see a stock that's like, there's no, there's no news, but it's up like 12%. Yeah. And you're like, that's weird. Somebody must know something. And then like, sure enough, three weeks later, or a month later, they announced some huge news and you're like, oh, that's why. And then when you always look back, you look at the chart from like a month ago, you'll see like random spikes in volume yeah. for no reason. Someone knew something. Um, so his whole theory was like, you could be an insider without actually being an insider because you're just paying attention to the volume and you're like, something's up. This stock is moving. Um, I'm going to get in and I'm going to hold. Maybe there's no reason. And then you cut your, you take your profit and you get out, or maybe there is a reason. And then everyone finds out about it and then they all pile in and it goes even higher. So that's his whole buy high, sell higher. Um, but I run screeners. Uh, I even like, I have the news on, um, just in the background because you never know what you're going to hear. Like this morning, um, they were talking about, uh, uh, travel. Um, the, uh, the TSA said that they had the most people ever come through an airport since this pandemic started. And I was like, Oh, like maybe they shouldn't be doing that, but airline stocks, yeah. you know, that means the airlines are going to have, uh, maybe a better quarter than they were expecting because, they didn't think anyone was going anywhere. And all of a sudden there's like a record, even though, even though it's like nothing in comparison to what it used to be prior to COVID, it still is like good news because it's uh, like a, a start to returning towards like what it used to be. Yeah. And then all these people that have been stuck at home kind of, you know, want to get out now. So yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Okay. But then you have to look at like all the different, like all the different sectors that are involved in that. And then it's just like, a lot of the time it's just like, like stepping back and thinking about like everything that's involved. Like if you have to go to the airport, you're going to take an Uber or you're going to take a Lyft. So those companies might see a benefit. Um, you're going to have to stay in a hotel. So you can look at stuff like Marriott. You can look at hotel companies or they're going to stay at an Airbnb. Airbnb just went public. So maybe you look at those kind of things. Um, they're, they're flying. So you look at the airline stocks like United and, and stuff like that. Um, and then maybe they're going to be going to restaurants. Maybe they're going to be going to movies. Maybe they're going to be, you know, so you just have to like think. Oh, almost like what would you do on that vacation, right? Like, or like wherever you're going, like right, I would exactly. go visit yeah. Universal Studios or like. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they said that Miami was like through the roof with travelers, with new tourists coming. Um, so if they open up the theme parks, you know, that's somewhere else that you look at. Um, just. So you just have to like start, start very small with like, oh, you know, it's not just like, oh, people are traveling. You have to like big picture, like everything that's involved, even gas, you know, and oil and gas, because if they if they um, if there are more flights, then they're using more gas. If there are more road trips then there's more gas, if there's people using more Ubers then there's more gas that's going into these cars. So you have to look at like every angle of it. Yeah. And um, a lot of the things, too, you have to keep in mind is a lot of it gets priced in, too, like because. Because uh, obviously a lot of people are thinking the same thing, so kind of pushes the price up, and so you have to have to be careful as well. For sure, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of this, like a lot of these stocks. Um, they just like they never really went down too much um, because people were just like, ah, this is just like a temporary thing. It's gonna be over soon. So, and then even then, when even when there was bad earnings and these companies would go down, they weren't they weren't like plummeting like the way people would think they they were. They were like, a lot of people were like, no, I'm, I'm going to get in now 
because I'm expecting there's going to be some return to normalcy down the road. So you had these long-term investors who were just buying these companies like the cruise lines, which normally no one would go near them with the earnings that they've like, they've not been operating, but people are just like, I'm looking past it because this is going to end. And when it does, they're all going to be booming again. So yeah, or, or where they yeah. would report bad earnings and it wasn't as bad as they thought, so they'd go up. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. so one question that I did have, because uh, another, when people start getting uh, curious about stocks, they they ask, how do, how do taxes work? So how do, is it different for day trading, swing trading, and investments? Absolutely. Um, so I'm not an accountant, and taxes usually go like right at like I have no like I I do a, like occasionally I'll do like a video on TikTok like remember you're gonna owe, owe taxes if you if you made money and the questions that I get are like very like accountant specific uh, and I'm like you know I don't know um, but you you have uh, there's two so there's short term capital gains that you pay um, which is anything held under a year. So any stock that you hold for under a year, you're going to owe short-term capital gains, which is going to be more. They're going to charge you more, basically. For they're going to they're trying to incentivize you to be a long-term investor. So if you buy something and you hold it for over a year, and then you sell it, you're going to owe less in capital gains taxes than you would if you bought um, if you bought something and sold it like within a week. You'll owe more, um, and and then there's still like levels to that too, like depending on how much you make. Um, if you have a long-term capital gain, but you're under 10,000, I don't think you owe anything. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, but if you, if you have short-term capital gains, even to a thousand, ten thousand, ten thousand dollars you're still going to owe more in capital gains taxes than you would, um, as a long-term investor. And, so. and we get like, we get taxed on every trade we make. Right. So if I trade five yeah. times in a day on the same company, I'd get traded five individual times. Right. Um, yeah. So what's that? I was just going to say it would be based on if you made money or not. But. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would be based, on, based on if you made money and it's, it's only because that the government has to know how to tax you. So they, they need like, it's not like a, just a total, like I made $15,000 trading this year. Well, some of it might be long-term capital gains. Some of it might be something you bought four years ago and sold. So we're going to tax you at a lower rate for some of that money and at a higher rate for the other half if they were day trades or short term. So they, they, they do tax, uh, tax you individually. I mean, you're not going to get like a bill from each like, yeah. you know, each trade you make. It's just going to be at the end of the year. It's going to say, here are the long term trades you made. Here are the short term trades you made. And that's how much you owe. Yeah. And you'll get you'll get forms from your broker, too. Yeah, you'll get forms and then um, like, if, you know, you can you can um, go on like TurboTax. Even the IRS has like a free file if you make under a certain amount of money um, that you can just file through them for free. If you make more than that, um, TurboTax, you can just log in with your brokerage's account. So like I go on TurboTax, I log in through Ameritrade and it just uploads my um, my tax forms onto their website and then their, their software just tells me what I owe. Do do you know if um, losses count only towards your capital gains, or or do losses also count towards like money you made from a job and stuff like that? Um, I'm I'm not sure on the specifics, but you you can I do know you can write off three thousand um, off of your income if you have more losses, but I'm not I'm not the one to ask. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I just just thought it would ask that. Um, th- there's another question I had, like what type of so, for example, TikTok is a great a great place to find good information, like your channel. 
But there's also, like I said before, a lot of bad information. What kind of information should be avoided, do you think? Um, you like So I, I, I would be weary of anyone doing like call-outs, you know? Uh, even, even the people who are doing call-outs, some of them are like, they'll even throw in a disclaimer. Yeah. But... But it's usually like, you know, yeah, like, like a wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah. Like, here's what I'm buying. You don't have to. Um, yeah. And, you know, they know like they know everyone's going to run out and buy it. Um, I would be weary of that. I'd be weary of people pushing like penny stock uh, stuff on their channel. There's there's like there's like the one side of it where you can like do analysis videos. Like, let me show you why I would consider buying a stock like this. Um, but when I do those videos, usually I leave the name out. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what the name is. It doesn't, the company, who cares? It's, it's the chart that I'm trying to teach people. Like, here's the signal to consider buying. Here's, you know, when it's reached this level and you might consider selling. And here's how the charts look. And here's how to set them up. Anyone who's like relentlessly pumping garbage stocks, usually, uh, I would say, stay far away from them. Um, people selling courses, I would stay away from those courses. I mean, I'm sure there are good courses out there. But the ones that I click on, like I'm out of curiosity, I'll click on their link and they offer like, it's like $250 a month memberships. You know, like, where do you think the guy is making all this money? Like he's not making it through trading. Yeah. He's making it off of like people who are desperate and want to make a little bit of money. And they think like the more expensive it is, the more valuable it must be. I, I've even seen people like compare their courses to Harvard, which is just like, they'll be like, They'll be like, oh, Harvard is 50000 a year. My subscription is only $79 a month. They're like, look at the value you get compared to Harvard. It's like, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Like, um, they just they just want that money. So I'm, I'm, I always caution people away from that. Um, or people who are like bragging about how much they make um, makes me a little suspicious. Like, what's their agenda? Are they trying to get you to go to their website? Are they trying to get you to, to join their course? Um and then, and then after that, it's, it's just, you just gotta have your own judge of character and like, you can watch their videos and you can be like, this guy sucks. Yeah. Um, even like, even just personality, if they're like really flashy or like obnoxious, um, you know, stuff like that usually is an indicator that they're trying to sell you something. Yeah. There's usually um, something. Or promise, you something or promise you something. And like, there's no guarantees with this, you know, anyone who's like, I can make you a thousand dollars a week my course can guarantee you this money like no yeah and see that's why i like your channel because it's more realistic because in reality it's it's not it's not just you're not gonna be rich overnight and this whole thing like i I see it a lot where they say imagine if you would have bought this back here how much money yeah but you probably would have sold as soon as you made a certain amount of profit absolutely yeah i mean there's, there's no way to there's no way to know like and that's that's the other thing I think we were talking about earlier. Like you asked, um, and like what I would have done when I was younger. Um, a lot of these companies I would have just held. Like I, I should have been asking myself, like what's what am I after here? Um, am I after a quick profit, or do I really want to be a long term investor? Because like you said, a lot of people, if they buy something at ten and it goes to twenty, they're going to sell yeah. it. Um, so a lot of the time, these videos were like, if you had just bought, like most people aren't going to do that though. Yeah. Most people are going to buy something and double their money and be like, I'm out because um, they don't have a long term focus. Yeah, exactly. And you can you can always say, like, I bought, you know, I bought 100 shares. I'm going to sell 25. I'm going to sell 25 shares and get some money out of it. And 
then you still have the majority of your shares in the in the thing because like you like a lot of people think they're going to get rich super quick off of this and the reality is as a, as a day trader or a swing trader you know everyone's like i want to be a millionaire i want to be a millionaire um i got so many questions like from people on like gamestop and they were like is it true that this could make me a millionaire and i'm like i mean you know maybe how many shares did you buy and they're like two <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'm like well no because if you bought it at a you know if you bought it at 100 and you sold at 200 you made like 200 bucks like no, you're not going to be a millionaire off of GameStop. But if you bought, you know, a million dollars worth, and yeah, sure, of course, if you bought it at the right time and you sold it. But most people don't have that kind of money, and most people aren't going to trade with that kind of money. But the whole thing is like day trading usually isn't going to make you a millionaire. Like the people who are on Instagram with their like wads of cash and their Lamborghinis behind them, they probably didn't make their money day trading. They probably made it through some other job and then quit that job and decided to sell a course. And that's where they're making their money because they have 10,000 people paying them $100 or $10. So they can afford to do the YOLO, call, the YOLO thing. Yeah, where, they can yeah. afford to lose it because if they lose 100% of their money, who cares? Because they have their loyal customer base oh, that will yeah. come back the next month. And they usually never say, I lost 100% of my money, guys. Can you keep buying my course? They always are like, yeah, look at this wad of cash. And I bought another Lamborghini last week. They bought that Lamborghini because of their subscribers. Like their subscribers bought them the Lamborghini, not the stocks. Yeah, that's what I try um, to show Junior. Like when I have losses, I'm like, look, this is what can happen too. Like it's not just yeah. all gains, man. Yeah, like especially right. this, this last two weeks where the, where tech stocks took that huge hit. Like I was heavy into tech stocks, so I learned a lesson there. And it's like, look, Junior, like it, it can happen. So Yeah, for sure. It can absolutely happen. Um, but if you're like like we were talking about earlier, if you're in like really quality stuff. I mean, not like the garbage, like garbage penny stocks, but if you're in like really quality stuff and it goes from like 150 to 120, yeah, yeah, this is an opportunity. Like, great opportunity. Were, I was like, should I sell Apple? Because you always say cut your losses. And I'm like, no, like cut your losses on your garbage yeah. stuff, like not on Apple. Yeah, these are like, the opportunities. These are the opportunities you look for. And like nobody becomes a millionaire from, from day trading yeah, it, unless you have millions to trade with. But you can take those profits and put them into your long-term investments and that's where you that's where the big money gets made that's where the big money is made over many many years yeah and you look back and everybody does this i'm sure at the beginning you probably did too where you look back and you're like oh, cool. i i wish i would have bought here yeah but when that happens you get scared and don't buy because you don't know how much lower it's gonna go instead of taking that opportunity and saying look i bought here i bought here all these right. things. And that's like that, that's another thing. Like so many people lately are always like every time the markets go down, they're like, buy the dip, buy the dip. And it's like, hold on. Like, yeah. you know, you don't know what's gonna happen. Every down day isn't an opportunity to buy the dip. Like sometimes, yeah, but like let's say, like, let's say you were looking at Apple and it was 145, and then it dropped to 140, and everyone's like, buy the dip, and then it goes to 135, and they're like, buy the dip, and then it goes to yeah. 130, and they're like, buy the dip, and then it drops like maybe something really bad happens and it drops to 90. Yeah. They're not going to have any money left to, to buy it, the real dip. Yeah. Because they were chasing all these small turn, like, oh, it's down five, it's down five, buy the dip. That's why, like, like what you were saying, like, the, the best option is to dollar cost average and throw in more on these really big down days. But you don't, you don't know when they're going to. Yeah. Be. And that's um, what I try to so, tell them. Just look for the, the opportunities. But sometimes you, yeah. you have to know when to just kind of sit it out and just wait. Right. And, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You sit it out. If, you, if you're looking, if you're watching the news and you're just like, this doesn't like, I get a bad feeling from this. I think we have way more, like I missed out in March, like you were saying, 
in, in March last year, I missed out because I was like, this is the beginning and it's going to get so much worse. And it got like, it got worse everywhere except for the stock market. Yeah. It, the stock market. And I guess I had, a, I had another question and it just kind of, I just kind of, uh, here it is. I got it. <laughs> um, do you, cause anybody that started investing in like April has only almost all, almost only seen up days. Like yeah. is, has it been easier? Like just because it's been going up or, or do you see it where it was, it's, it's still tough to make money if you don't know what you're doing? Um, a little of both. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, when the markets are going up, it's always a little easier. I think the downside to that is that you're going to get a lot of new traders who are very inexperienced and they're looking at, at the markets lately and they're like, it's always going to be like, yeah. This. Cause it almost seems so easy, right? Like, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, when, when everything's going up, everyone's a genius because everything's going up and they get like, they get really confident and they're like, Oh, I'm making so much money. I make money on every trade. This is great. I love this. But you know, it's at like that euphoria moment where like everyone's talking about it. Everyone's in on it. Like everywhere you go, people are like, you see the stock market today? Like it's, I don't think I've ever seen the stock, like people talking about stocks like this before in my life. And I think it's largely because of social media too. Like it's just there, everyone's talking about it. But the reality, like these kinds of markets aren't forever. And so a lot of new people are going to get like, attracted to these markets and the gains that they're making and then something's going to happen and the markets are going to sell off and they're going to go, Oh, I don't like this anymore. Um, or I have losses. Oh, I lost everything. Cause they just, they just keep thinking it's just going to keep going up. So they, they like abandon any like reason or logic or planning or strategy. And they're just like, Nope, it's going to go up forever. And so they just, they just keep loading up on these stocks. And then when something drops, they end up in sitting on huge losses, depending on what they're buying. Yeah, you know? and that's what scares me. Like the the good days scare me more than the the bad days, just because, like I know there's going to be that correction, yeah. and you just don't know when it is, and so that's why, like on stuff that I don't really have a long term goal for, I try to take my profits on just for when you get those dips, then you buy the good yeah, stuff. Maybe. But right, that's exactly what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah I, I want to see what. Uh, Questions Junior has. He, he came up with some oh, questions for him. You want to ask him that? Yeah, see, I have just a few questions more towards. How's he doing on time? Uh, oh, uh, how, are you doing good on time? I don't I'm good. I got nothing oh, okay, going cool. on. Just making sure. Yeah. Okay. No. Um, these are more like, I feel like beginners like myself would ask. So, like, someone sure. that say they listen to this podcast and they get interested in stocks, what, what are some tips you would give them or like what app would you recommend or website to use? Yeah. So, um, a lot of people really like stuff like Robinhood. I've never, first of all, I've only ever used TD Ameritrade. That's the only brokerage I ever used um, because we had like a family friend who used it. And I was like, hey, where do I buy? Like 12 years ago, I was like, where should I buy stocks? And he was like, TD Ameritrade. And I was like, done. Um, back then, it was, um, it was $9.99 to buy and it was $9.99 to sell. So it was basically 20 bucks to get in and out. To, buy, to get in and out. So if I'm making $100 on a trade, after my commissions, I'm, I've only made 80 and then I owe taxes on it. Um, that's like dramatically changed, but I've only ever used Ameritrade. So I've never used like Robinhood or Webull or any of these others. Um, the thing I like about Ameritrade is that it's really easy to use on their website and on their basic phone app. Um, but they also have a lot of advanced stuff too. So if you're new, 
like a lot of people are like, no, I want to go on Robinhood because it, they really simplify it. It's just buy and sell. It's easy, which is fine if you're a long-term investor and you just want to buy your, your stock and some companies you like, then it's totally fine. If down the road, though, you discover like, oh, I want charts, I want technical analysis, I want to be able to read the earnings or whatever, and you want it all in one place, Robinhood's going to charge you, but it's free on Ameritrade. It's free on the other ones like Fidelity too. Um, so what I always recommend is just go just go to the, the big ones now because you might want to switch down the road and then Robinhood tries to charge you. They'll try to charge you if you want to transfer your account. And you don't have to transfer your account. You can, you can always keep your Robinhood stuff in your Robinhood account and then open another one. Um, but I personally would just say open the Ameritrade account. It's easy now. And if you need more advanced stuff down the road, it's also going to be there. And the, the, the trades are all free anyway, everywhere. So the, They're the one that use the Thinkorswim platform, right? Yeah, there's Thinkorswim. Yeah, yeah that, that, thing's, that thing's badass. I, I wanted to open a TD Ameritrade account, but uh, I just haven't done it. I've been using Webull. And um, do you remember Trade King? Do you remember that? They switched I to, remember the name. They switched yeah. to Ally. I think Ally is what they use now. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember. I, yeah. I used that one because they charged four ninety five back when mm-hmm. like I first started doing it and it's it's just cool to see how how much easier it is for people to do it now because before Absolutely. it was expensive it was expensive yeah for sure and then like someone told me um one day that like they were like well why don't you just call Ameritrade and ask for a lower rate and I was like you could do that and they were like yeah it's like it's like negotiating anything like you can call Comcast and say like I'm, I'm gonna leave Comcast and they're like no, no no we'll lower your um and so I called Ameritrade and I was like hey uh you know I think it was like Scott trade or something it was like seven ninety five, yeah. And I was like, Hey, I think I'm going to leave and go to Scott trade. And they were like, no, 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 we'll, we'll give you seven ninety five. And I was like, really? Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, funny how you just assume people know stuff and there's all these, this cool information that you don't realize sure. that people think that everybody knows and it's just common sense, but it's not. Yeah, absolutely. And like, and, and, and to, to like what junior was saying earlier, like, if you're going to spend that money anyway, a lot of times when people will say, like, if you get a bill lowered, still spend that money. Like if your bill was 200 and now it's 150, still spend that $50, but put it in your investments instead. So you were, you were spending that 200 a month anyway on your membership to whatever. If you can get that bill dropped to 150, you've still got an extra $50 now that you can be invested. Right. So um, another uh, another question I have. We kind of covered everything, but I, I came up with another one. What would you? What advice would you give somebody to stay motivated in investing? Because I know it can get boring after a few months. At least for me, it did before I realized yeah. it was more of a long term thing. So, somebody that wants to swing trade, what advice would you give them to stay motivated and keep keep investing? Um, as far as um, as far as swing trading, I, I personally think swing trading is exciting because. You're, you're watching your stock go up over a period of days or down. Like someone like it keeps you on, it keeps you on the edge of your seat when you're like, when you have to be like glued to your screen while watching something. I mean, sometimes there are days it doesn't matter what's going on. It's so boring. Um, but that's one of like the benefits of this, of like being self-employed and, and having my investments in my stuff. Like if it's a quiet day, you know, then I can take the day off. You know, I can go for a hike or I could play video games or I can like, you know, do whatever I want. Um, that's one of the like upsides to this um, is that you have more free time if it's a quiet day and there's just nothing going on. Like that's how it goes sometimes. 
Um, as far as investing, you know, it's it's not going to be exciting. I think what I think what's exciting about it is like learning how to reprioritize your spending. Um, so instead of buying, you know, shoes or instead of buying like, you know, expensive stuff, look look to see where you can cut back and grow your position over time. So you can look at it and go like, I have a hundred shares. Now I have 105. Now I have 108. And like, just instead of like getting excited about spending money on materials, you get excited about spending money on, on growing your account. Right. So maybe that, maybe that's one way of doing it. And then like, of course you get your dividends and you reinvest your dividends and that's like a bonus, you know, but I don't think there's a way to be like, like nonstop excited about it because okay. it is, it is a very slow moving process. Yeah. I think um, once you start seeing your, your account grow, even if it's, even if it's just yeah. the, the amount of growth, it's growing, not necessarily the amount you're making, but your overall number, because oh, right. you're, you're constantly adding more money to it. You'll see that right. start growing and you'll, yeah, you'll get excited. That's what's been the, motivating me mainly yeah. because like I mentioned earlier, I, I I didn't realize how much money I was spending on stuff that I didn't need, you know. And then once you see the number on your portfolios go up, you're like, it it excites me. And you're like, oh, it's getting bigger. Oh, it's getting bigger. Oh, I got a dividend payment here. I'm like, that's cool. Reinvested. You know, that stuff is what's getting me. And my buddy who also started investing, he got his first dividend payments. And he thought it was the coolest thing ever, you know. And like, he's like, now he's like looking to buy more. So it, it just seemed like... Uh, I I treat it as a bill, like you said earlier. Like every every time I get paid for a gig, a job, a paycheck, whatever it, it may be, I put a certain percentage in. No matter what, I treat it like a bill, just like a phone bill. Uh, you know, I pay it every month, like or every time I get paid, and it, yeah. it's helped me a lot. And you've been able to see that growth a little bit more than Junior because mm-hmm. you've been doing it a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like you know, like paying attention to the news. And if you hear like, you don't have to be like an active trader or investor like where you're like constantly paying attention but if you put on the news and you hear like oh the economy is slowing down and the stock market plummeted that can excite you too because when everyone else is panicking and they're dumping their stock you're thinking like like it's that doritos thing like you're like oh it's a sale and you can you can pick up like instead of your two shares you can get three more or you can get five more um so that definitely has to excite you too as like a as a long-term investor like looking for those next opportunities you know, I mean, it's always great when everything goes up, but it can also be great when things go down because it's an opportunity to to load up. Yeah, that's one thing Jesus has taught me. He's always buy the dip, and now every time I do see the dip, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go ahead and buy more. And I don't, I don't really sure. see it as I'm losing money because I'm gonna buy more of it. And then, yeah, that's yeah. just one thing. And even if, even if you are losing money short term, like who who cares? Like it's it's a long term investment. You're not trying to get rich tomorrow, so. Even if your account value is down a little, like it can be a little like, you know, it can be a bummer to look at and be like, man, but the real, the real thought is like 10 years out, 20 years out. Yeah, it's like you, you guys mentioned earlier, these little dips don't matter in the long run. Like they don't even, they don't even show. So you're not even going to know. Yeah. That's why I tell yeah. him like, dude, your account's so small that even if you lost it all, dude, it's like, it's not that much, yeah. but the, the, the thing you've learned from it is going to be way more valuable than, than those three, 400 bucks Absolutely. that you just lost. Because you're going to also know what to look for 10 years from now. You know, your account value might not be much now, but 10 years from now, something's going to happen that's going to remind you of something that happened in the past. And you're going to be like, this reminds me of the last time the markets went down. 
I can I can start buying more shares now. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just going to keep you like you're just going to be like a more aware um, investor because because you've seen it before. So like a lot of people get scared when they see the markets go down when they panic and they sell because they've never been there. Or like me, uh, I've, I've done a couple of videos on TikTok where I showed my my wish list. Like I always talk about like have a wish list of stocks that you want to buy. My wish list in 2008 when the markets plummeted was huge, but I didn't buy anything because I was scared because I was new to investing. And I was, you talk to all these older people who are like, you know, uh, uh, stockbrokers and they're like, it could be the end. It could be the end. Like, you know, they everyone's freaking out. Then you listen to them. But then 10 years later, you look and all those stocks have like doubled or quadrupled in value. Like Chipotle was $36 a share in, in 2008. And it's $1,400 today. Yeah, I remember when it was 500 And uh, that Molly Fool was talking about buying it. And I was like, I yeah. don't know. And then it's it's gone up. Yeah, I mean, like, so so you are able to have those experiences of like, okay, maybe you didn't buy now because maybe you were new or you were didn't have a lot of money or you were unsure of yourself. But 10 years from now, when the next big recession comes or some, you know, there's a bear market or whatever happens, you're not going to be scared. You're going to be ready because you're going to be thinking long-term and you're going to be like, pounce, this is my moment. It might not be your moment tomorrow, but it'll be your moment 10 years from now. Right when that stock has quadrupled in value and you know, you're not going to care that you bought it at 50. Oh, it went down to 42 a week later. doesn't matter. You bought it and now it's $400 or a thousand dollars. Cause it's 10 years later, you know? Right. So I had a question for you as well. <clears throat> so you have your system already like set. Do you still try to add stuff to your system or do you like it where it's at, where you do, where you try to just do what you do already? Yeah, I um, like people always ask me about options, like trading options. I've never traded options. I mean, like I'll do like three or five options trades a year. I usually lose on three to five. Like, <laughs> like, I, like I lose like a hundred percent of my money every time. Um, it's just not something I know how to do or really feel like I want to learn. Like I don't, I don't need to. Um, and that's like that's like the thing. Like. There are so many different methods and so many different choices that you can choose and so many different routes you can go down. And a lot of inexperienced traders, they get overwhelmed because they feel like they have to know everything. Like they're like, I got to know Forex and I got to know crypto and I got to know um, bonds and ETFs and you know futures and I got to be able to trade. No, you don't. You can find your one or two things. I always talk about like I trade in a bubble. I don't like people always ask me, what do you think of this one? What do you think? I've never heard of half these companies, you know, like. I have my method. It works for me. It's been working for 11 years. Every once in a while, I'll hear like some other guy on TikTok, like, this is my strategy. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I'll look at it. Um, but nothing like, you know, it's like that, like if it ain't broke, like. Yeah, why ruin a good thing? Like, yeah, like I, I have other trader friends that they, they, they use different charts and they use different techniques and they're like, try mine out. And I'm like, I'm like, nah. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what I would do too if, if if I had a like a sound system that works. But yeah, like with me, with my thing is I like to learn so much stuff. Like I like to learn mm -hmm. everything, and I and then I can pick and choose. Like I'm, I think I'm still at a point where I I want to learn as much as I can still. Right. And then yeah. kind of choose a system that works the best for for me. But yeah. right now I'm open to learning 
Yeah, and, and that's why I like uh, your channel as well too. I, I was going through and like watching because there's like so much information, and yours you're not putting a bunch of cash in in the the cover or like a nice car in the back. You know how some some of these people do like you. This could be yours, but like you said, they're trying to sell something else in the in those videos. Yeah. Like sign up for this group or this course or. But yeah, it usually can't be yours because they they're 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 making their money now from trading stocks and you don't know like even if they were trading stocks like they probably have way more money than than you yeah right or me or me like a lot of these traders are trading with two hundred thousand dollars like of course they're going to pull in 30 grand on a trade mm -hmm. because they have a half a million to trade yes exactly you know if you if you have you know ten thousand to trade with you're going to be pulling in a couple hundred dollars on even if you made the exact same trade at the exact same time in when they got in out when they got out you you aren't going to have a lamborghini unless you're trading with the same amount of money mm. and even outside of like just copying trades you, you're still not gonna do as well as other people because it depends on your own like emotional like you know are you are you gonna hold on to the stock and take a chance are you going to get nervous and lock in your gains? Like there's so many factors that play into this emotional factors that play into this, that someone else might be like, Nope, YOLO. And just like hold on tight and they'll hold it and they'll make a lot more than you because you were like, Nope, I got a, I got a profit that I'm comfortable with. I'm going to take it. And then someone else is out there going, Nope, I'm going to hold. I don't care what happens. So yeah. there's so many factors that go into this. Uh, did so, because you're a day trader, you just buy into stuff that has momentum, right? Did you try the the GameStop thing at all? Um, I didn't try GameStop, but so the the funny story is like, I was trading um, AMC mm -hmm. prior to the whole thing when it went went crazy. So like, and I think like a lot of time you'll see like these people who are trying to sell a course be like, my my system um, found AMC before it went crazy, mm -hmm. like. I could do that because I had AMC ahead of time, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't know that AMC was going to do like, I bought stock in AMC because I thought like what we were talking about earlier with COVID, this is going to end sooner or later. They're going to get everyone vaccinated. They're going to reopen theaters and that's where people are going to go. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, not everyone's going to be able to travel all the time, but everyone's going to be able to go to the theater. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I was like, I'm just going to buy a little of AMC and hold it for a, a year, maybe two, um, just to see where it goes. So I just happened to be in it, um, for GameStop. No, because like when I was watching it and like we were talking about earlier, like you don't know where these stocks are going to go. Yeah. I think games, GameStop was like 40 and it went to 70 and people were like, should we buy it? And I was like, no, look where it, it was 40 yesterday. It's 70 now. Like you serious? You're going to chase this thing. Like it just, and then the next day it's like a hundred and they're like, well, what about now? And I'm like, well, no, it's like, worse than 70. Yeah. Yeah, like it's like, come on, like you got to look at like it was forty yesterday. Do you think it's going to be like, you know, nobody knew where it was going to go, um, and so. But I was watching it for sure. Like I was watching it like every day go higher and higher, and I was just like, damn it, like <laughs> when's this thing going to turn around? And then you you know you had a lot of people who were like, no, this is it's never going to turn around. It's to the moon, like it's going to just keep going stop. It's never going to stop, and like. You know, I can't come out and be like, it's going to stop on this day at this price. Like, you don't know, but you do know because you're experienced because you've you've done this long enough where you've seen stocks like like Kodak from a few years ago. Yeah, that was a weird one, too. That was a weird one. But like, you know, you saw it go from two dollars to eleven to seventy. Like, 
and then you know and then it pops. Yeah, then it pops. so like eventually you, you know you know it's going to fall eventually you just don't know when and if you wanted to like get in and throw a little bit in like my caution on those kind of stocks is like you got to look at what it's done like in the last couple of days this is very unusual you know like if you look at like chipotle that was 36 dollars, it got to 1400 it took like it took like a decade to do like that's a massive rally. And if you look at GameStop, it was like $40 and then it shoots up to 500 in like a week. Yeah. And it wasn't even for like anything good. Like there wasn't like, there wasn't like a real like amazing reason for it to have this unbelievable run. Yeah, that was so, you have so to, strange. That was, that was very weird. Yeah, you have to like step back and like look at the big picture. Like, do you like, do you realistically expect this thing to just keep going up? Like, no. Um when's it gonna stop you know yeah it's still it's still acting weird (laughs) still acting weird yeah and like i think so many people were like like the the small time like retail investors were like we did this but like you have to understand like it it takes a lot of money to move a stock like that like there's 60 million shares of gamestop you know and when you go around on like tiktok and you're like how many shares did you buy three 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 like you're not moving a 60 million share stock like Someone else is moving that stock. Yeah, there's definitely institutions that are playing it. And yeah, for sure. I mean, there were. I mean, you know, I'm sure. Like, I'm. I'm sure the retail people on Reddit started it. Yeah. You know, but then these hedge funds were like, "Huh," because how else are you going to move a stock like that? Yeah. You know, like you and me buying two or three shares, we're not. We're not doing anything. Um, so yeah, there's definitely there were definitely hedge funds, and they're still in it for sure. I mean, you know, I'm sure we're going to find out more. Yeah, sooner or later, there's going to be something that's going to come out. Yes. So if you, if you guys haven't uh, followed Kenneth, what is your social medias? It's uh, Trade Invest Simplify. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on, I'm, on, um, I'm on Instagram, but I don't – I hardly ever use Instagram now just because TikTok is so crazy. Um, but it's, it's Trade Invest Simplify or Kenneth Suna. Um, and my YouTube channel is just um, my name, Kenneth Suna. Um, youtube.com slash Kenneth Yeah. So if you guys haven't followed him, you guys should, he, great information, you know, like yeah. ever since uh, Jesus put me onto your TikTok, you know, I've been following and I, I get all sorts of information from there. So go over there, give him a follow. Hopefully later on we can bring you back for another episode. Cause I, there's I lots of information. Yeah. There are so many questions that, but they're more like advanced questions that I would love to ask, but I think, yeah, I'll, we I'll to, definitely ask you on TikTok for sure. Yeah, but. we wanted to keep it a little bit more beginner based, Absolutely. you know, sure. that way it doesn't scare people off. Because what we're trying to do is right. motivate people to get yeah, into definitely. it, get their feet wet. So, yeah, I definitely think this this can be like very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely. Um, to new traders. But if you if you just like look at the companies that you use on the regular and that you like, that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, I want to thank you for coming on. And, you know, we've already taken up a lot of your time and. Uh, it, this has been fun. I've learned a lot. Yeah, you know, I'm, it, I'm pretty sure it was. Good. Yeah, it was great to meet you. And like I said, I've I followed you a while, and I was excited when I when Edgar said that you said yeah. I was like, oh hell yeah! A, there's so many <laughs> yeah. questions. Right? I was like, oh, I was like I'm gonna figure out the time. He's like, it doesn't matter. I'll be there. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing yeah, it. Yeah, we appreciate. Happy you. to do it. Yeah, for sure. Nice to meet all you guys. Where are you guys located? We're in Idaho Falls. In Idaho Falls. Yeah. Idaho, yeah. Okay. yeah, just a small town, but yeah, it's it's weird how the the reach social media can have. You know what I mean? Like he's all the way in D.C. and we're all the way in Idaho, and we're he's on the podcast. Yeah, I've, I've I've been able to meet some really interesting people that I would never thought I'd get to talk to. Just and it's all thanks to like social media yeah. and all these cool tools that exist that people 
you know, should take advantage of because mm-hmm. it's not just for watching people dancing. You know, there's so much cool information out there. So it's, yeah, it, it, it's it's really amazing. Again, thank you for coming on. Go ahead and follow him. I'm gonna put it in the description down below too. Uh, you know, go give him a follow. Learn something new, and uh, he's very interactive. So like, if you ask him a question on his TikTok, you know, he he'll answer you. You know, cool might take a little bit of time to get to him, depending on how many comments you're getting on the video. But you'll you eventually answer the the ones that deserve an answer. You know, like not just for sure. Yeah, somebody. I try to get that. I try to get to everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So again, thank you guys, uh, or thank you for coming on, and thank you guys for listening. Okay.